Coming soon to a city near you, Vinitaly Roadshow. Have you ever wondered how to attend Vinitaly for free? Are you a wine trade professional interested in a sponsored trip to Vinitaly International Academy or Vinitaly, the wine and spirits exhibition? Coming soon to Princeton, New Jersey, Harlem, New York, and Chinatown in New York City, Cardiff in Wales, London in England, and Roost in Austria. We'll be giving away our new textbook, Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0. Find out more about these exciting events and for details on how to attend, go to liveshop.vinitaly.com. Limited spots available. Sign up now. We'll see you soon. Italian Wine Podcast, a wine-to-wine business forum 2021 media partner, is proud to present a series of sessions highlighting the key themes and ideas from the two-day event held on October the 18th and 19th. 2021. This hybrid edition of the Business Forum was jam-packed with the most informed speakers discussing some of the hottest topics in the wine industry today. For more information, please visit wine2wine.net and tune in every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central European Time for more episodes recorded during this latest edition of Wine to Wine Business Forum. everybody. Uh, welcome to our session in this morning. Small introduction of myself. My name is Elmo Hofer. I'm an uh, Italian wine ambassador and uh, sommelier and working here in Alto Adige, Italy. And today our session is uh, hosted by Alexandra Alexandrov-Furka. Uh, also, she's an Italian wine ambassador, WSET diploma holder, and um, a master of mine uh, stage two uh, level student uh, originally from moscow but uh, in the last uh, three years based in hungary in budapest uh, working as wine consultant and um, uh, wine writer for gourmet and wine uh, journal uh, wins in budapest and she will introduce uh, introduce you to the uh, hungarian wine market today so thank you very much, Elmer, for introducing me. Thank you, everyone, uh, for your interest in the Hungarian wine market. So I would like to share with you today how particular and unique is the Hungarian wine market, showing maybe some differences and similarities with the other markets, just to give you the context. And I hope that everyone did the session with the idea what kind of opportunities in Hungary for the wine producers, especially for wine producers from Italy, who are willing to diversify their export markets. So I would like to start just with some uh, general market notes. So Hungary can be classified as an established market with some strong historical growth that is kind of tailing off. And in these terms, the Hungarian wine market is really similar to Italian wine market that also classified as established one. I think that everyone who have ever been visited Hungary could notice the presence of the strong uh, wine culture here. So I think um, also there are a lot of wine events and uh, a lot of wine festivals and wine is available really everywhere and uh, wine is drunk everywhere, even in the beer bars. You can see still the people are drinking wine. So, um, and uh, f- but from the other hand, so you can see that actually the um, GDP 
is uh, 31,000 and um, this is this is not the lowest in European Union. Yeah, however, it's a sixth lowest in European Union, and you can see that actually VAT rate it's uh, 27%. This is the highest VAT rate in European Union, and we are talking first of all about Hungary as a really price sensitive market. So, but from the other hand, um, we also um, it's it's a wine producing country, of course. So we have sixty one thousand uh, hectares, fifty uh, fifty eight thousand hectares were harvested in commercial purposes in twenty twenty, and uh, Hungary is the fifteenth wine production country in the world, uh, according to Report twenty twenty one. So it's uh, just after New Zealand, but uh, still we have higher production than in Austria. So. Um, 2.9 million hectoliters our production. It's, uh, if to think, it's just 1% of the wine production in the world. And 2.3 million hectoliters wine consumption in the country. So it's also 1% of global wine consumption. Um, same amount of wine consumption we can find, for example, in Sweden market. Um, and um, yes, the Hungary is a relatively small country. Adult population is just uh, above 8 million people, so it's, the market is very small. But if to have a look, actually, on the wine consumption in the last uh, 10 years, so um, you can see that it's relatively stable. And you can see, of course, some fluctuations in 2014 and 2019. So it's clearly the economical reasons. But also you can see that actually COVID really seems to have boosted the wine consumption. So now it's 24.4 liters per year per person. Just to give you the context in UK, the wine consumption is 19.2. So um, the wine consumption is high, but Perhaps the most interesting and unique thing about the Hungarian market is that the frequency of the wine consumption. So you can see here that actually 22% of wine drinkers consume wine once a week. So I can tell you that in comparison in Germany, it's just 14%. So 48% consume wine at least once per month. So they can be classified as a frequent wine drinkers. If you are familiar with um, uh, with the reports from the Wine Intelligence, which is Global Market and Consumers Research Agency, they classified frequent wine drinkers exactly as a once per month. So um, yeah, I think just Hungarians drinking wine also during the working week. It's not necessarily the bottle of the wine, so we are not necessarily talking about the high volume of the consumption, but maybe it's one glass or two glasses. So this is, uh, I think, very unique thing for this market. So it, if to make the first small conclusion about that, so yes, that's true that the market is very price sensitive, but in the same time, many Italian wines can actually offer to the Hungarian market value for money wines. and. Uh, Yes, that's true that country, is, uh, country and market is small, but the strength of this market lay down in stability in the frequency of the wine consumption. And of course, this wine consumption reflected in the, um, in the, in, in the wine production. So you can see this, it, 
it's relatively stable and it's growing a little bit. So, and from the 2.9 uh, million hectoliters that were produced in 2020, uh, we can see that most of them, it's uh, actually white wines. Hungary is a white wine country. And um, here, <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's a lot of unpronounceable and unreadable indigenous grape varieties from Hungary. I will read some of them for you. So the highest is Bianca. The second one, 99% is Cersegi Fuseres, amazing aromatic uh, grape variety, actually with very crisp acidity, that is rare for aromatic wines. So after that, of course, our most important indigenous grape variety, Furmint, Olas Riesling as well, as a heritage from the communistic area. Yeah, it's still very popular. And you can see here Chardonnay, 5%, and you can see 4% Surke Barat. It's actually translated as a gray brother. So it's, it's Pinot Grigio or Pinot Gris. So it's also very popular in Hungary. But what I wanted to tell here, it's actually that the white wines, so 69%, quite 70% of the wine production, white wines are very popular in Hungary, but also you can see here the big diversity of the grape varieties inside of the country. Of course, not so big as in Italy, but we have more than 120 grape varieties, uh, white grape varieties. So uh, it's possible to suggest that uh, Hungarian wine consumers, they are not intimidating to see some obscure name on the label of the, of the bottle, so they can, they, they, they used to see the different names of the grape varieties. And I think it's, it's, it's clear opportunity for wines from Italy, from indigenous grapes, however, would be Grillo or Fiano or Inzolia or whatever. So, and, but if we are looking actually for the black wine grape varieties, you can see that there is no really big diversity here. So we are not a uh, red wine country. Kek Frankisch, it's uh, actually Blau Frankisch in Austria. It's the same grape variety, but yeah, it's clearly believed that it's indigenous to Hungary, actually. If to talk about the profile of the Kek Frankisch wines, they are uh, similar to, to Barbera, actually, with the high acidity and the fruit profile is also similar, but it has a little bit of the spiciness inside, like maybe Pella Verga or something like that. So, and you can see that, of course, the um, international grape varieties, Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot, of course, they are planted, and also Cabernet Franc. Cabernet Franc is very important in uh, Hungary. It's considered as uh, our very important uh, monovarietal wines made from Cabernet Franc, and it's a, it's, it's a lot of wines of the premium, uh, at the premium price. Uh, and I think here also some opportunities can be for the Cabernet France from, uh, from Italy because Hungarians like this grape variety. And if you think about the Tuscany, yeah, where Cabernet France is booming, can grow more and more. Yeah. And if we talk maybe about the Friuli, yeah, zone of the Isonzo or whatever. So, um, and because it happened that we have only 30% of our plantings is with black grape varieties. So we, it's just not enough for Hungary. So historically, Hungary was buying a lot of red wines, and especially from Italy, and especially in bulk, as I will show you later. So, so the, the first, uh, the, the second conclusion that I can give, 
there are opportunities for Italian red wines here. Hungary is a market where volume of export of still wine three times higher than import. Export is very important for Hungary. And you can see from the data that 80% is still white wine, what we are selling abroad, 25% bottled and 46% bulk wine. And you can see from the uh, 2.9 million hectoliters that we are producing, 1.3 million hectoliters actually going to the export. And we saw the big growth in the last year, plus 21%. And actually, <laughs> Hungary become the 10th most important exporter of the bulk wine in the world. So, and um, our destinations are Slovakia, Germany, Czech Republic, United Kingdom, and Poland. In Slovakia, especially very important for Hungary. We export bottled wine as well as bulk wine. So they are very important buyers for for the last two, three years. And uh, if we're looking for the import, so as you can see, so the share of imported wines in the in the market, it's only 6%. I told this is small market, and uh, but we can see actually that also it was decreased 36% from 2019. But if you if you look at the table on the right side, what kind of changes happened between 2016 and 2020? You can, you can see from the, from the, from the first view, minus 70% in volume, minus 50% in volume. But if to look closer, it's actually visible that it was bulk wine that fell down. And the bottled wine was 36% plus in volume and plus 37% in volume. So we are not longer buying the bulk wine. We are buying bottled wine. And, uh, one more change, um, from the other table, as you can see, that in 2016, we were buying, as a bottled wine, we were buying more red and rosé wine, 63%. But now, actually, we are buying more white wines. So it's quite 50-50. However, 52% of the bottled wine that come in Hungary, it's actually white. So the popularity of the white wines are growing. And one more positive news and positive trend for Italian wine producers that actually since 2019, Italy has the largest share of Hungary's imported wines. So it's followed by Germany, what actually was historically um, our biggest supplier. But in 2019, it was changed for Italy. So also you know, we buy wine from Slovakia, of course, for the, from the neighbors, as well from France and Spain. And if you look closer to the import from Italy, so you can see this uh, on this chart. We can see really positive trend what happened since 2016, plus 25% in volume, plus 37% in volume. Once again, I'm talking about bottled wines. So, and even in the pandemic year, the change was plus 4% in value in this price sensitive market. So I would like to talk also a little bit about the sparkling wines. So the sparkling wines, it's 6.5% 6, 6 of the share of the market. And um, what I wanted to tell that domestic sparkling wines from our biggest producer, Turley, that is part of the Henkel and French net, the biggest sparkling wine producer in the world, 
is important very much in our market. It's actually 60% of market share. But from the other hand, sparkling wines in Hungary are actually only wine category where import exceeds export. And 48% of imported wines from Italy. So every second bottle of imported sparkling wine is Italian wine. So one more positive uh, trend you can see from the chart on the right side. And you can see that actually the um, price per unit increased by 28%. So here we can see as well the premiumization trend. So the, the one more conclusion that we can do, just to summarize all points above, that yes, there are opportunities for Italian steel bottled and for sparkling wines in Hungarian market. Are you enjoying this podcast? There is so much more high-quality wine content available from Mama Jumbo Shrimp. Check out our new wine study maps, our books on Italian wine, including Italian Wine Unplugged, The Jumbo Shrimp Guide to Italian Wine, Sangiovese Lambrusco and other stories, and much, much more on our website, mamajumboshrimp.com. Now back to the show. I also would like to tell, to give you just the overview, a little bit of retail market structure. This is for steel wines in particular, as uh, it was visible from the previous slide, 20% of um, sparking wines sold out on the on-trade. But this is, this is retail market structure for steel wine. And here you can see also the prices. And you can see that actually the um, highest average price per liter is in specialized wine stores that are mostly buying wines directly from producers. Um, to name you a few, most important, uh, focused on the premium wines, uh, it's retail chain Bortasha Shag, and also Drop Shop that um, has famous wine bar in Budapest for many years. I'm sure that everyone who visited Budapest uh, have been in Drop Shop. This is very important uh, wine bar for us. And they also actually have online shop. But if to, to check the online retail share, before COVID, it was just 0.3%. So Hungarians are not really buying wine online. During COVID, that's true. Um, it shows 50% growth in terms of revenue. But however, it's still just 0.6%. And there are different couple of reasons. And one of them is actually that we don't have people enough for delivery. And for delivery, wine competing with the food and with other things. So it's just, I think, the technical thing more mainly. And so you can see also that the small grocery stores, and it's include also tobacco stores or these 24 hours open stores, and uh, in the end of the every street in Budapest. So um, they, they are actually focused on the, on the domestic wine. So they are not really interesting um, for us today. But you can see also that discounters, Lidl and Aldi, they are not so much important as in Germany, where it's 40%. Here it's just 12% of the volume. And But the preferred place, as you can see, to buy wines for Hungarians are hypermarkets, even not supermarkets, so hypermarkets. And I mean here the Tesco, Spar, and Ocean. 
this is three main hypermarkets, but also supermarket chains. So, um, and this is actually the main channels for Italian wines in terms of volume, these supermarkets and hypermarkets. So I would like also to look a little bit closer on the preference of the wine consumers. You can see 94% uh, prefer domestic wine. And guys really, really love their own wines and they believe that this is the best wine in the world. So you can see imported wine, just 6%. That is really in line with all data that I showed you before. However, ah, also I would like to tell a little bit about the consumption occasion that makes so much unique this market. You can see that um, uh, that actually you can see that uh, similar to other ex-communistic countries like Poland, for example, here 78% of Hungarian consumers prefer to drink wine at home or visiting friends or relatives. So on trade is actually only 30%, 13%. And this is kind of the particularities in many uh, markets in uh, Eastern Europe in this part. But uh, interestingly, this 9% the wine events. So it's not just the weddings. So I'm always telling like that. It's actually incredible amount of the festivals and wine uh, events and a lot of wine drunk there. 9%, it's, it's, it, it's a lot. It's also one of the particular things uh, in Hungarian market. So um, in terms of color, you can see here that 12% rosé. It's quite popular, rosé wine. But if, if to look at the shelves, you will not find really a lot of this pale Provencal style rosé. Actually, Hungarian rosé wines are mostly very intense pink color and even pale red. And if to think about opportunities for Italian rosés, I'm thinking about even Cerasolo d'Abruzzo or something like that. So this is not the market. Market is not so oriented on the pale color of the, of the, of the rosé. Orange wines are not here. However, they are growing in popularity, especially um, between young wine consumers. And also I'm thinking here about the Ramatos from Italy or yeah, even Pinot Grigio Rosé that actually in fact made is the same as the orange wines with the skin contact. So um, it's just to have you, to give you idea about the, about the preferences uh, for the color. And yeah, 54% 54, 54 is white wine, white wine is very popular. In terms of sweetness, and this is probably the most unique thing about the Hungarian wine market. So remembering that this is not emerging market, this is established market. So the preferences is sweetness. You can see that 59% prefer semi-sweet to sweet wines. Sweet wine category is struggling to sell in all markets, except Hungary. I don't know exactly why, but probably because we have the most famous our sweet wine from Tokai. And probably because the perception of the sweetness in the wine for Hungarian consumers really associated with the high quality. So we are, they are really ready to pay the premium for the sweet wines. And this is very unique. This is very unique. And this is one more so rare opportunity to sell maybe sweet Italian wines 
just as ideal. So um, if to look at the social demographic profile of the wine drinkers, here also the particular thing, um, so 50-50, it's about uh, female, male, so there is no difference. And 40% of wine drinkers, ah, just sorry, um, you can see that here is 37% are actually millennials and Jay-Z, so less than 40 years old. This is young generation and they, generations and they are drinking wine and they will continue to drink that. And this, once again, showing the potential of this market in the future. And as we all know, the younger generations prefer the diversity that Italian wines really can offer. As you can see, also one, one of the unique thing that according to social class based on the education and uh, income, you can see that 43% from the wine of, of the wine drinkers, they are from the lower class. This is very unique thing um, in Hungarian wine market. Um, everywhere, of course, middle class uh, drinking wine in, 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 in every market and upper class. But here, this is maybe perhaps the explanation why the market is so price sensitive. It's not because the wine consumers um, just don't want to pay more like in Germany. It's just because they can't pay more and they are looking for value for money. Um, so one more idea about the segmentation, and this is actually the uh, same as the previous um, slides. Uh, this is actually the um, uh, study that was published in 2020 uh, with collaboration of the University of Geisenheim. So it's very, all, all the data is very, very fresh. So, and they were, it's one more attempt to, to, to segment wine consumers. And uh, you can see here that this price sensitive consumers is actually only 27%. And it's not only about the, um, it's yes, it's lower in, uh, level of income and often take advantage of, they, they, they try to take advantage of the sales, but this is exactly the seekers of the value for money. And it's still, there are possibilities here for Italian wines as I explained already, but the social nudity seekers, 32%. Yeah, it's a lot. High level of education, high level of average income and spendings. These are the buyers for Italian wines. And special, special group, foreign funds that with high level of income spending primarily, primarily they favor Italian wines. So the foreign funds really about Italian wines. Generally, they have generally this negative attitude over domestic products. I don't know why the Hungarian wines are amazing. However, we have this group of the consumers as well. So um, some sessions, session takeaways, just to, yeah, the Hungarian market established with strong wine culture, high frequent and stable wine consumption, growing volume and value of imported wines in, 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 in the bottle, but bulk import is decreasing. Steel and sparkling wines from Italy have the largest share of imported wines. And the Hungarian wine consumers buying wine mostly in hyper supermarket, drink them at home, prefer white, semi-dry, semi-sweet and sweet wines. They are price sensitive. Yes, they're true. They're looking for value for money. They are young, 37% millennials and Generation Z. And they are looking for diversity, 32% are novelty seekers. So thank you. Thank you very much for your attention. <laughs>
So please, if you have any questions, I gladly Thank try you. to answer. Thank you, Alexander, for your uh, deep insight in the Hungarian market. And uh, now if there are some questions. Uh... Hello. I, I, you know, I spend a lot of time in Hungary. But I was wondering, uh, in some of the shops, I know they love late harvest Tokai, sweet Tokai. Are there any foreign sweet wines that are having success there in the market, semi-sweet or sweet? Uh, you mean a uh, form? Foreign. 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 Yeah. Foreign abroad. Um, yeah, we have sauternes, and it's possible to buy in the in the in the supermarket and um, hypermarket. Yes, they, it, there is interest to the sweet wines from around the world. Just to give you an idea, uh, before I arrived here, I was participating for the tasting of the sweet wine of of the foreigner of of the sweet wines from abroad. So for the local magazine Vince, and we have a lot of Vinsantos, we have Pasito de Pentelleria, we have a lot of sweet wines from around the world, but Big Share was from Italy. And they all will appear on the on the pages of the Vince magazine and the people can read about them. And this is interesting because the the wine magazine will will not write about something that is not interesting yeah for the consumers so i don't see a lot uh, of um sweet wines from italy however i made uh, a little bit of research and it was amazing actually i found even piccolit from friuli the sweet wine yeah so this this already telling about something so yeah, somebody, it's, it's actually a specialized uh, importer and distributor for Italian wines. They um, uh, sell wine to the Horeca, uh, to the restaurants. So they have piccolate. Presentation, which is really, really nice. And uh, I would like to ask you about Bianca, because it is 11% of the plantation. Yeah. And it's a hybrid. Yeah. Do yeah, you think it will it's... increase in this context of popularity of peewee? Great yeah. varieties, and you know, this is an actual topic as an MW student. That's yeah, thank you, it. thank you very much for the question. <laughs> thank you very much for the question. We just discussed with Elmar uh, this um, Bianca. So um, it's a crossing. Actually, it was developed in 1963. So it's heritage from Soviet uh, Union and from communist time. But uh, 15 years ago, nobody cared about Bianca, to be honest. And uh, this grape variety has uh, some percentage of Vitis Berlandieri and uh, Riparia as well. So it's extremely, it's frost resistant, but it's also resistant to the fungal diseases. And I think this growing popularity in the last 10 years that the Bianca was planted so much that it become the white grape variety number one in Hungary. This is actually an um, answer of the wine industry in Hungary uh, for, the, for the challenges of the economical sustainability of the vineyards. I think it's a very rational uh, decision. And the grape variety itself is pretty neutral. So you can do a lot of things of that. You can, you can use it in the blend with the 15% and you will be still with a, with a grape variety on the label. So that's that's Bianca, and actually it was also one more uh, grape variety, Aleta, that is also kind of I, I call them indigenous crossings because because they are truly Hungarian, and they were developed inside of the country and they are very well adapted. So um, yeah, this is about Bianca. If I woke up so early, so I have a lot of questions. So normal. <laughs>
Okay, so uh, do you have roughly a percentage of screw capped wines consumed inside domestically? Yeah, no, unfortunately, no. Nothing about the packaging. I can, I can, I can see uh, the idea from the popularity of packaging only from the from the data available from the official statistical office. What is export? What is import? I saw a little bit that was packing box was a little bit increasing. However, it's a perception of the consumers that it's lower quality. I think that it should be influenced from the Austria and Austria use screw cap a lot. And the Austrian wines are presented, especially at the premium level in, in Hungary. So I can assume that, that, that even if on the level of the supermarket and hypermarket, then we are talking there, Hungarians buy the wine. Even if here there is still perception of the screw cap, I think, uh, I think it's, it's, it's just, it just will disappear, but very slowly. So the same thing with the with the bottles, yeah, with that traditional glass bottle. It's the same thing. So there is perception. This is better quality. I think as in many other markets as well, yeah. But the percentage, unfortunately, I don't have how what, yeah, how many wines exactly under screw cap in Hungary. I I will ask you uh, one more question, Alexander. Okay. Yeah. Um, when I was living in in Budapest, I saw this um, mid range level uh, price wines uh, from Italy are. Uh, quite missing um, because they have to keep it with the high yeah. uh, high level producing uh, of Hungary what an Italian wine producer can do to go in that market yeah uh, if you remember the slide with um I, I think I can't come back but if you remember the slide about the um, retail market market structure uh, you probably saw that that this difference is big really so we have um, Average price um, in the specialized shop at 10 euro, and we had um, two euro, three euro uh, in the in, in in the grocery stores and supermarkets and discounters. So, and the middle is only cellar door because it was about six euro. So, yeah, it seems like it's missing. But I think the answer was in the in the slide uh, with the. That forty-three percent of the wine consumers in Hungary from lower class. I think this this is the answer to that. Um, yeah, I think the middle price wines are struggling everywhere because because it's just more concurrence. They 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 are in the market in the Hungarian market. Just it's more competition. Yeah. Okay. So thank you very much. Uh, so anyway, if you if you have any questions, you have my contacts. You can you can uh, reach me directly by mail. Or whatever, and I'm here for the rest of the day. So wishing you, wishing you the good day, the good interesting seminars. So thank you very much for your attention to Hungarian wine. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, ciao.